Hey, and welcome once again to Ancient Ways for Modern Days. My name is Mike Freeman. I am the pastor at Valley Christian Fellowship in Longview, Washington. And today it is going down. (laughs) Over the last few days, we've been looking at Jesus as he's talking about how his listeners who are following him and looking for additional free meals because they've witnessed him uh, miraculously provide an abundant measure of food for them, he has now told them that they must eat his flesh and drink his blood. Now for us, we we look at the context and we understand that Jesus is actually, he's telling us not to uh, eat him physically, but to, to put our faith in him. He, he's given hints about his crucifixion. He's given hints about his resurrection. He's promising this, this resurrected life to those who do this very thing, eat his flesh and drink his blood, or put their faith, their trust, and their hope in him. Well, he's said this, he's made it clear, he's not backed down, but he's actually doubled down, and now we're going to hear uh, and see some response to what he has said. And so let's go ahead and look, beginning in John chapter 6, verse 60. It says, when many of his disciples, many of his followers, many of those who were following him to learn, to become like him, to learn his teaching, says when they heard it, they said, this is a hard saying. Who, who can listen to it? Who, who can accept what Jesus is saying? But Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this, he said to them, do you take offense at this? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? Now remember, this is, this is all about Jesus' identity. This is a great theme of the Gospel of John. He says, you're taking offense when I say that you must eat my flesh and drink my blood. When you're taking offense that you must believe in my identity as the the perfect sinless son of God, the eternal one. He says, what are you going to do when you see me post-resurrection ascend to heaven? Now notice he says to where I was before. This is reminding us that he beforehand, he existed eternally with God the Father and God the Holy Spirit because he is part of the triune God. He he is God. Well, listen, this is what he says. The text continues. He says, it is a spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life, but there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who those were who did not believe and who it was who would betray him. And he said, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by the Father. After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. Like I said, it's it's going down because this... This is a dividing line that Jesus makes. Listen, he says, it's the spirit that gives life. He says, no one can come to me except the father. Look, this is the work of salvation. The father allows people to come to him. The spirit draws them to him and that they put their faith in Christ, the crucified and risen savior, the perfect sinless son of God. He says, this, this is it. This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by the father. 
See, Jesus is saying that you must trust in me. You must believe in me. You must eat of my flesh and you must drink of my blood. And all of these disciples that were following Jesus so that they could have an extra free meal, all of these disciples that were following Jesus for the signs that he could perform rather than the person he is as the Savior who is performing them, they missed the, they missed the road sign completely. They were looking for the wrong thing. All of these people, when they hear this hard teaching, they says, who can believe this? Who can accept this? Who can walk in this? And then Jesus, again, does not back down, but doubles down. He says, and after this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. See, the one who eats his flesh and drinks his blood, we, we saw in our previous text, this is the one who remains Jesus calls them to remain. He calls them to place their faith and their trust and their hope in him, regardless of what he might say, regardless of what it might mean for them, regardless of how hard it might be. He says, you must believe, you must trust, you must remain. And then the very next portion of the text, you have disciples who do not remain. You have disciples, it says, after this, many of his disciples turned back and back and no longer walked with him. So we must remember, we must remember that Jesus, he draws a very clear dividing line. And that dividing line is whether or not we will trust in him. That, that dividing line is whether or not we will trust in him as as the perfect sinless son of God, that we will trust in him as the only way to be saved, that we will trust in him as the the one who is greater than everyone else. We will trust in him and in his words and in his ways that we will remain in him. I don't know about you, but in my life and in my ministry, I have I've seen a number of dear people that I love turn back and no longer walk with Christ. I have seen people turn back and no longer walk with Christ because of his teaching, his teaching about his exclusive claim to salvation. I know folks that say, I just can't, I just can't believe that. His teaching because of the, the biblical moral ethic, as Jesus calls them to lives of purity of not, a, not, not following their own sexual desires or their own worldly desires. They say, I, I, I just can't do that. I want to do what I want to do. I want to be with someone that I'm not married to. I want to follow a, a promiscuous lifestyle. I want to follow a homosexual lifestyle. I, I've known many people that say, I, I, I want what I want more than I want Christ. They have not remained in Christ. How, how, do, we, how do we process this? Well, I think we process this with great sadness. We, we, we relate with great sadness. We, we don't get mad at those people. We don't point at them in anger. We don't, uh, we don't have a hard heart toward them, but rather we call them back to Christ. And we say, listen, you must trust in Christ. You must follow Christ. You must remain in Christ. But we do all of this looking at verse 65. Jesus said, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by the Father. Well, we, can't, we can't come to Christ based on our own will. We can't come to Christ based on our own terms. 
We can't negotiate with Jesus and say, this is what I want it look, to look like to follow you. Rather, rather, God the Father grants us to come. When we come, and we, when we come, we trust in Christ. When we come, we remain in Christ. When we come, we follow Christ. And, and we follow him in his fullness. We don't pick and choose. If we pick and choose, we don't really follow him. We don't, we don't negotiate and say, this is what I will believe and this is what I will leave out. No, if we do that, we don't actually follow him. And so as believers, when we, when we look at this and we say, I have seen people who have turned back and no longer walk with Christ, what do we do? Well, one of the, the most important things we can do is to pray to the Father. <laughs> to, to pray to the Father that he would, in fact, he would work in the hearts and minds of those who have turned back and no longer walk with Christ. That he would work in their hearts and minds that he would grant them repentance. He, he would grant them a knowledge of the truth that leads to salvation. He would grant them a clarity of mind. That they would grant them true faith. That he would, he would remove the blinders so that they would see the glory of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is, I think this is the most appropriate response when we look at the crowds that sometimes they turn back and they no longer walk with him. This is, this is a hard reality. It's a hard reality for those of us who trust in Christ when we see people who no longer walk with him. But listen, here's my, here's my encouragement. The Lord is full of grace and mercy. The Lord wants, he, he wants salvation to be extended to those who have turned away. And so let us, in those moments, let us put our faith in Christ and let us go to the Father and ask that he would grant our loved ones to trust in and to walk with, to remain, to, to abide in Christ. You know, our ancient way for our modern day, I'd like to end in a way that we've ended many times before. I would like to end by calling you to prayer. When this video comes to an end or when this podcast comes to a close, don't just turn on the next video or turn on the next podcast, but instead take a few moments and 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 beg the Father. Use the names of your loved ones. Lord, would you draw this person to know you and to trust in you? And Lord, would you use me in whatever way that you see fit? Maybe you even want to send this video to them and say, you know, I've, I know that you have wrestled with some of the teaching of Jesus, but I, I want to remind you that Jesus' teaching is not meant to be easy. But all of his teaching is good and it draws us to trust in who he is and what he has done. Now, this is our ancient way for our modern day. Our ancient way for our modern day is to ultimately trust the Father with, with our own perseverance, with our own souls, to trust the Father with those who have turned away and no longer follow Christ, and to, to plead with the Father that he would draw more and more people to know him and to trust in him. This is our ancient way for our modern day.